Welcome to the show. It's Dylan James. And we are back after a month hiatus. A lot's happened in this month. We have a lot to talk about on this show. Thanks again for coming in and hanging out with us for a little bit. JT, your favorite sport just finished its biggest event in every four years, the World Cup. Did you expect the winner to be France? Well, since we were on our last episode a month ago, I would say no. But you can't argue with the way France played. They clearly were the best team in the tournament. So, not surprised that they won it, considering that all the drama that happened in this World Cup. Uh, a lot of experts have said, Dylan, this, this has been the best World Cup. It was. Even though the U.S. wasn't even in it. Well, uh, in four years, when we get ours, I think we'll be fine. Don't worry, Dylan. In eight years, all I can say is when we host it here in North America, it's coming home. That's all I can say. Hopefully. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Hopefully. When was the last time the U.S. took home the World Cup? Well, we, well, we never won it. So. Well, see, it's going to be a daunting task. So hopefully they do a lot in eight years, but we'll see if they actually qualify for the one in 2022. So we'll look forward to that. But at least 2026, we will be there. I can guarantee right here on this show, mark my words, we'll yes, be there. Yes, that is a fact. And before I get we get started with our football recap of the week, I uh, just wanted to say we missed you guys. We did not go on, you know, permanent, you know, solidation like our partners with WBLZ when they decide to go bye-bye. So we are oh, still here. But, that's a little uh, too soon. That's a little <laughs> too soon. WBLZ Sports just... Taking it to the gut. The gut punch right there. No. Oh, well. We're still here, though. And it wasn't really a planned hiatus. We just... No. We're very busy. Stuff just happens. You know, that's that's life for you guys. But uh, we're glad to be back. We are. And let's get this uh, party started. So, Dylan, how was your week, man? It was all good and everything? It was good. Yeah, it was good. Just been busy. Again, for the past month, we've been busy. So... We went to New York, actually, since the last time I we had the show, which was fun. We got to, saw, to see a few Broadway shows. We saw SpongeBob SquarePants, the musical. We saw Phantom of the Opera, and we also saw Carousel on Broadway. So, had a great time there, and it was a lot of walking. We walked probably, we averaged about twenty to 25,000 steps a day. So, it was a lot of walking in New York City, but it was definitely worth the trip, and can't wait to go back. Yeah, Dylan, my week was pretty busy, working a lot. Uh, since the past month, I since we were last show, I had an 18-day work week, so it was crazy. Uh, working at Under Armour last night, overnight shift, so that was pretty fun. First time doing that with the guys there and, uh, you know, getting back to the swing of things. So glad to be back. But all right, Dylan, let's do this. So we're changing up the format of the show this week just because the World Cup ended like last week. We're going to make it to where we do the football recap of the week right now. So, JT, the microphone is all yours. Thanks, guys. So, as always, I'm back here recapping the latest from the beautiful game. And, of course, we got to start with the 2018 FIFA World Cup in Russia. And, Dylan, it was if you I know you got to catch your games uh, this past month for the World Cup. And it was a very fun tournament. Uh, lots of history, lots of exciting things that happened. Uh, the group stage, oh, man. Uh, my predictions was obviously off on a few teams, but 
Russia, I mean, them getting out of the group, I certainly was not expecting that considering that they were the lowest ranked team, ranked 70th in the world for the FIFA rankings. But they came through. Uh, Uruguay won that group. And uh, Portugal, Spain, that was no surprise. But Spain and Portugal kind of struggled. And then in Group C, of course, France went through. And, of course, Denmark. Group D, Argentina, I was not expecting them to struggle this bad. And needed to get some late goals for them to get through. But they got through. And Nigeria obviously didn't make it out. Croatia, who we'll talk about in a minute, also made it out. Didn't expect that to happen. And the rest of the group was pretty straightforward, Dylan, with all the other teams. And... The one that was crazy, though, was Group H with Japan. Even though they lost to Poland in their last game, still went through the next round because of the uh, yellow card tiebreaker. So Senegal, unfortunately, was the first team to go out of the World Cup on the FIFA Fair Play rule, which obviously was a lot of drama there. Of course, VAR was definitely a topic of discussion in a lot of these games with controversial penalties, handballs, you know, questionable decisions with the refs here and there. But, you know, it, both of the refs, you know, most cases got the call right. Um, unless you're Neymar, you flop in the box, and you're trying to get a, a dive penalty, and then the VAR overturned the penalty, and then you get a yellow card. I think LeBron is trying to be the Neymar of the NBA. I really do. <laughs> it, it's incredible to see Neymar on the field. He's just flopping left and right. And it's funny to see the referees just point at him and say, get up. Like, what are you doing? Oh, Stop. Yeah. Well, if you watched the final yesterday, some of those guys were flopping around, and the ref was like waving his finger. No, no, no. Not in our no, house. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not falling for that one. So, yeah, the refs were very dramatic in this World Cup, too. Uh, of course, Group E, Brazil, Switzerland getting out. Group F, the big shocker there was Germany, the defending World Cup champions, finishing dead last in their group. They were out, losing to Mexico in the first game, had to get a nail-biting wing in Sweden, and then they lose to South Korea. I mean... South Korea, you know, with Hung Mung Sin, you know, carrying that team there. And, I mean, Korea obviously played hard in their other two games. But them going out, being the defending World Cup champs, I mean, hey, congrats to those guys. And Mexico, you know, they got through. But they kind of missed an opportunity there in that group because if they won it, they would have avoided Brazil. And, of course, Belgium and England came out of Group G. And, of course, Colombia, who were struggling but came out and won that group over Poland and Senegal in that group. So... In the knockout stage, Dylan obviously lost the drama. Uruguay knocking out Cristiano Ronaldo, and then Messi losing to France and Argent and the France Argentina. So that was stunner because both of those guys went out Dylan the same day. Brazil beat Mexico pretty easily. Japan had a two nothing lead over Belgium, and then Belgium scored three three goals to win that game. So Japan, I kind of feel like Dylan. I owe them a big Gomendo side because. When they came in that tournament, Dylan, I, Dylan, they only had won one game. And before the tournament started, they had fired a coach two months prior. And those guys, you know, just struck gold in, and, and biting the ball something to get that team going. And, you know, they went out, but, you know, they got out of the group, which we didn't expect that. And they gave Belgium a run for their money. So you can't complain there. I'm surprised about your Japanese skills. I just didn't know you <laughs> spoke Japanese, but continue. Well, remember me and Will, though, we were rushing Japanese a little bit when he was working with us. True, true. Uh, Russia, the host, Dylan, they got the biggest upset in World Cup history. They knocked out Spain in penalties. So that was a stunner there. Uh, Croatia beating Denmark in penalties. Uh, Sweden beating Switzerland. And then Colombia and England going to penalties. England, Dylan, was the first time England had won a World Cup game in penalties. It had never happened before. So amazing there for the English boys. In the quarterfinals, of course, France beat Uruguay pretty easily because they didn't have Cavani. Belgium shocked Brazil 
Oh, uh, that was a stunner there. No one saw that coming. Uh, Neymar couldn't even flop out of that one. No, he really couldn't. Brazil literally flopped themselves out of the tournament. The other story of the tournament dealing was an own goal because old goals has been crazy. They, that's they should have won the goal of boot. Goal goals, man. There was like what eighteen of them. There were a lot of them. So it was crazy. Uh, Croatia beating Russia in penalties, knocking out the host. So Croatia had two straight knockout games going to penalties and winning. And, of course, England beating Sweden. And then in the semifinals, France beat Belgium. Hard-fought game. Uh, Belgium played pretty hard because 12 of their players play the Premier League. And France is a very talented team with Giroud, Mbappe, Hugo Lloris, their goalie, Varane, and uh, Griezmann, of course. So many good players on that team for France. They had some games dealing where they didn't play their best, but they always did enough to win. So France did that job against Belgium. And, of course, Croatia stunned England. England got that goal in, like, the first five minutes. And then they were basically playing defense the rest of the game. I don't know what they were doing. Croatia just naturally got better each game, and they scored that goal to tie the game, went to extra time for the third straight knocking game. They go to extra time. But they get a goal late by Banzukic to win that game over England. So a third-place game was Belgium and England, which I was hoping to be the final. It was not. But it was still a very entertaining game. Belgium beat England twice. And England got shut out twice by Belgium. And Belgium, you know, they made a run, making their highest uh, place, third place in the tournament. And then, of course, the final yesterday, Dylan. I don't know if you got a chance to watch the final. But the final was a very good game. I heard about it. I heard at halftime it was like 4-1. Oh, well. Or something like that. Not quite, but it was pretty close. It was 4-1 at a certain point. Yeah, it was it was tied 1-1. And then I think... Uh, the, France got a couple goals late. Uh, it was actually no, it was one one. Then France took the lead. I'm sorry because it was a, a penalty. Uh, there was a free kick that Griezmann um, got in to get in the net. And then the second one was a penalty, a very controversial because Croatia had just scored to tie the game. And then Persic hit his hand. The ref had to do VAR, and then it gave a penalty because uh, he said it was a handball in the box. And uh, Griezmann scores, and then Pogba gets a goal. You know, 3-1, and pretty much the, the game was over at that point. Uh, France, you know, like I said, didn't play their best game yesterday, but did enough to win the game. It was the highest-scoring uh, World Cup final since 1966. Wow. That's the last time. And that was when England won 4-2 over Germany. So, high-scoring game. Uh, France, you know, hey, they were the favorites. They obviously were expected to win this game. But Croatia, hey, they go home with their heads held high, man. No one expected Croatia to get this far they were, the, I think, the smallest country, not the smallest, but the smallest country to make it to a final. Because the only country that's a small, that's that small and, and won was Uruguay. And that was, like, I think the first one, 1930, and then 1950. So mm. it's been a long time. But Croatia, you know, great run from Luka Modric and Mandzukic and uh, Rakitic, all those guys. They did a, a really good job for Croatia. And, you know, despite the politics between the World Cup and being in Russia— you got to get dabs to Russia, too. They did a great job as a host and everything. And it was overall, Dylan, a great turn. One of the best World Cups I've seen in recent memory. And we'll see, Dylan, you know, four more years. Uh, the World Cup will be in Qatar in November of 2022. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, France, good luck. Because history says whoever wins the World Cup does not get out the group stage the next World Cup. As Germany learns. So good luck with that. So with my World Cup, let's go with... My quick winners, obviously France, deserving to win. Croatia, you know, they had to the did really well. Uh, Belgium, of course, for highest place they finished. And, of course, Russia, uh, having a great host and going on a great run for the Russian fans. Very excited to see 
them get behind soccer uh, for that team. Uh, my losers, obviously, for this World Cup, Germany. I mean, no-brainer there. Defending World Cup champions, you can't get out of the group stage, and they struggled every game and looked slow. That was very surprising. Spain, you fired your coach the day before the World Cup started. Then you struggled against Portugal. You get a uh, nail-biting against Iran, and then you basically get a draw against Morocco, and then you go out to Russia, Russia in the knockout stage. Biggest upset in World Cup history. So Spain's my loser. And then my other loser, of course, Dylan, your boy, Neymar. And Brazil flopping out of the tournament. And now Brazil, I was thinking after the last World Cup, they would bounce back. And instead, Dylan, all we get from them is the Neymar challenge. Yeah. Which uh, is blowing up social media. Well, loser on my side is Switzerland because you gave me that team to cheer for. And they couldn't get out of the group of 16. So... Sweden actually beat them in that game, which they should have easily beat Sweden, but obviously couldn't. Hey, so. you got to get Sweden run, man. They went to the quarterfinals without slots on. Everyone thought that wasn't going to happen. Well, did they go any further than that? No. Oh, man. But yeah, Dylan, it was a great World Cup. And just to get some quick notes on the awards. So obviously France won, Croatia runners up, Belgium third place, England fourth place. And then Luka Modric, he won the best player. And then the the best player for the tournament, the goal, the Ballon d'Or. And then the best young player was Kylian Mbappe. And then the best goalkeeper for the tournament was Thibaut Courtois. And, of course, Spain won the Fair Play Award. So, great World Cup, guys. All right, so for Orlando City news, uh, Dylan, last time we were on the show, Orlando City, they were on a losing streak, and they were still losing. They were the first team, Dylan, MLS to win six games, and they last win was May 6th. Then they, Dylan, they lost nine straight games. Nine straight league games. Of course, they fired their coach, Jason Christ. They let him go. They bring in um, James O'Connor, and he he's coached two games. The first game against LAFC, they lost 4-1. to one, But it was the first game. It was on the road, you know, trying to work things out, trying to build that identity for Orlando City because they've been losing. So you kind of feel like every time you watch them, they give up that early goal, their head's going down. But I watched the game, Dylan, on Saturday against Toronto FC. And it was a different team, Dylan. They played really well. Chris Schuller got to go early, which was very important for Orlando City because you know those fans, they get behind that team. And then Dom Dwyer got to go right after the beginning of the second half to give us 2 nothing lead. And we hang on to win oh, 2-1 over Toronto C, the defending MLS camp, Cup champions who haven't done well themselves this season. So we finally get that losing streak out of the way. And we got an Open Cup game on Wednesday. And then we have the Columbus Crew. We play Philadelphia on Wednesday for the Open Cup. And then we play the Columbus Crew later this weekend. So let's see Dylan Orlando City can turn it around. I don't know they're going to make the playoffs, Dylan, because they're, they're five points out of the playoff spot. But if the new coach, Jimmy Connor, can get this ball rolling, get some momentum, get it built for next year, you know, we'll see. We, we got very excited. And our GM, he said he wants the players that we have right now to stay intact. So he's not planning to bring in a bunch of new players um, anytime soon. So we'll see how they do. Now, the Orlando Pride, Dylan, the ladies, they won... 2-1 over the weekend against the Utah Royals. Marta getting goal. Marta getting a goal late for a 2-1 victory. Uh, the Royals, or the Royals, excuse me, the Pride are doing very well, finishing in third place in the NWSL right now with 28 points. They are still going strong in the NWSL. They will play the Seattle Reign on the 21st. All right, Dylan, on to my soccer news. So big news, obviously, that happened within the last month. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, we're getting the World Cup in eight years, 2026, coming to U.S., Canada, Mexico, so that's very exciting. Uh, of course, for the U.S. Open Cup quarterfinals, I mentioned Orlando City 
We'll be doing that on Wednesday at 7 o'clock against the Philadelphia Union. Chicago Fire will be hosting Louisville City. Um, and Houston Dynamo will be taking on Sporting Kansas City. And then the late game will be LAFC taking on the Portland Timbers. And then, of course, Wayne Rooney, he made his debut for D.C. United this past weekend in their new stadium, Audi Field. And he gets an assist for D.C. United's victory this past weekend. So congrats to boy Wayne Rooney. And we got Wayne Rooney. We got slots on. We'll see what MLS is doing, trying to bring these big-name players from Europe and South America to get fans to watch. So very exciting times, Dylan. And that will conclude my football recap of the week. Uh, I'm tired. You just tired. because it's uh, wow. That was a lot. That was a lot to take in. But yeah, a lot of information. And uh, we won't have another month long break ever again. <laughs> Especially during the World Cup. That's we'll we'll keep it. Hey, the break kind of came at a good time. We got to watch a lot of games. Well, true, true. All right. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, let's move on to the NHL. We got some news there. Barry Trotz, the former head coach of the Washington Capitals. Resigned from the team. This happened over the past month. And he is actually with the New New York Islanders now. So, great team to, for him to be with now. The only bad thing is, is that he's missing out on his best player, which is John Tavares. John Tavares actually went over to the Toronto Maple Leafs instead. So, what do you think Barry Trotz is going to do with this team now? Who do you think he's going to bring in? Do you think he brings in somebody, a veteran presence? Or do you think he keeps the team the way it is? I think, Dylan, at this point, I was surprised John Tavares left. I mean, I understand him going home to Toronto. That's where he's from. And it was a a close call between him and staying in Long Island. But uh, for the new coach, Barry Trotz, he's got a a big task to build a team. Now, the way he's built the Capitals, bringing in role players, have a chip on their shoulder, I think he can make that work very well with the Islanders. And the Islanders, Dylan, they've been a team that's been struggling. They haven't been in the playoffs for a while. And it's kind of like a us-against-the-world mentality for the Islanders. And I think he's going to bring in some role players with chip on their shoulder and mold that team well. Like, okay, John Tavares, if he doesn't want to be with us, we'll try to win without him. It's going to be tough, Dylan. The Metropolitan Division is not easy with the Capitals and the Rangers and the Devils and the Flyers and the Penguins, of course. Lots of tough teams in there. So we'll see. But Barry Trotz, I think if the Islanders give him time, I think they will. He's going to get given, given a chance to build that team around into his style, to fit his system. And in a couple of years, Dylan, I think the Islanders will be relevant. They're not right now. And they're not going to be for a while now that John Tavares is gone. But I think if he can get some players in with that mentality, there's no doubt in my mind the Islanders will be you know, a playoff team down the road. Well, you look at the Washington Capitals before Barry Trotz came in there, they weren't really that relevant before he came in there. Well, we kind of were, but Adam Oates messed everything up. It was more of a mediocrity. We did not make the playoffs that year. Exactly. And GM, not GM, our owner, Teddy Owens decided to let him go, and we brought him Barry Trotz, who, when he was at Nashville, coming off a season where, you know, Nashville hadn't got past the second round, and, you know, they were, Nashville fell, it was time to turn the page, because he had been there since... You know, the, the team was founded as an expansion team. And he was looking for a new challenge, so it, it kind of worked out for him. And look, he got us a cup, so it worked out for us. So I think the Capitals still in, are, are still in good hands with uh, their new coach, Todd Reardon. He's been assistant. He hasn't had coaching experience, so this is a little different because usually the Capitals go with a minor league coach or a coach with experience. Uh, this is going to be new for him, but he's been in the Capitals system. He knows what to expect, and the players love him. The players love Todd Reardon, so I think Dylan... That was just a no-brainer 
that the Capitals were going to go to that decision. So, Dylan, the, the NHL did announce their openers within the past month. Uh, my Capitals, we will be opening our 2018 season, 2019 season, defending our Stanley Cup on October 3rd against the Boston Bruins. Yeah. So that's going to be very exciting. And the National Predators will be playing against the Calgary Flame on Thursday, October 4th. No, I'm sorry. Wrong date completely. I'm going to say that again. And so the National Predators will be playing on Tuesday, October 9th to open the season at home against the Calgary Flame. So that's going to be a very interesting game to watch there. So keep your eyes peeled for that one because James Neal will be coming home to Nashville. So... It's going to be very interesting to uh, see. Uh, with Calgary, though, it, it, you look at that team, and there's not much going on with that team. You see that you know it, they have younger players. Um, they do have uh, Johnny Gaudreau there as well, which, I mean, I guess it's a good piece for James Neal to work with. But, um, you know, I'm not really that afraid of the Calgary Flame. I think James Neal is a great addition for that team. But um, it'll be interesting to see how James Neal fits into that system there in Calgary and to see if he's actually meshing with the other guys by the time he starts the season um, for the 2018-2019 season. And also they announced the NHL schedule. Um, The first regular season game will be on Wednesday, October 3rd. The Christmas break will be Monday, December 24th through Wednesday, December 26th. All-star break January 24th to 27th. And the last day of the regular season will be April 6th. So get your calendars ready and also get your NHL TV subscription as well because it's going to be a good season to watch. So uh, let's talk about the NHL Awards. A recap of that. One of the biggest things that came out of the NHL Awards was my man Pecorine. He won the Vesna Trophy for the season, which it was rightly deserved. Um, he had a great season in net for the National Predators. And P.K. Subban actually got announced as the cover athlete for the NHL 19 which will feature pond hockey as well as um, some new features as well. So I'm very, very excited to get NHL 19 and put it on my shelf. Who are some other people who got awards during the NHL awards that uh, were surprising to you, JT? Well, I was thinking it was really cool for the NHL to give both Daniel and Henrik Zedin an award. Uh, Henrik Zedin getting the Clarence Trophy and to both brothers. So that was pretty cool. Uh Taylor Hall, of course, in heart, and then Anzi Kopitar getting the Selkie Trophy. So that was uh, really interesting, Dylan, uh, with the awards. Of course, uh, Pecorini getting the Vezina, no surprise there. And, of course, George McPhee, General Manager of the Year. I mean, what a stellar season he had for the Vegas Golden Knights. And, of course, Gerard Gallant getting the uh, Jack Adams, the best coach for the league. So that was very awesome for the NHL awards, being in Vegas, especially coming off that Stanley Cup final for the Vegas Golden Knights. So, party there. We also had the NHL draft that happened within the past month. Of course, the Buffalo Sabres taking uh, Dallin uh, for the number one pick for the Sabres. Of course, the Capitals had traded Grubauer to the Avalanche and Orpik. Orpik got his contract buyout, out. And the Capitals been busy trying to keep people. Like, we kept John Kepney. We uh, kept Devontae Smith-Pelly. We uh, signed uh, John Carlson. That was very important. And we're still trying to work on Tom Wilson deal, so we'll see how that goes. But very exciting there for the NHL free agency, uh, trying to keep our team together for the most part. Of course, the big news so far, other than John DeForest going to Toronto, was Ilya Kovachuk coming back from Russia to sign with the LA Kings. So interesting dynamic with them because 
They still have Anze Kopitar there. They still got Drew Doughty there. They still got Jeff Carter there. Uh, a lot of good players there for the uh, LA Kings. So we'll see. He's been out of the league for quite some time. We'll see if he's going to be able to bounce back and get that uh goal scoring he had when he was with the Devils. Yeah, I mean, he wants to come into a team that is cup ready, is Stanley Cup, uh, a Stanley Cup competitor, and they, he thinks that Los Angeles is a Stanley Cup competitor, which they played well last season. Um, they didn't have the best season in the postseason, but hey, I mean, maybe this year is their year to get back into the postseason and start winning again, because over the past 10 years, the uh, Los Angeles Kings have had a very good run in, in the playoffs for the Stanley Cup uh, final. So it looks like that Ely Kovalchuk will be a uh, perfect addition for that team. Then you look at the National Predators. Predators just signed Ryan Hartman to a one-year deal. They signed UC Saros to a three-year deal. So it kind of secures him for a little while until Pecorini decides to retire in the next few years. Um, and Ryan Ellis is the big name that we've been waiting for. We haven't heard any contract um, discussions there. We don't know what the the status is of that contract, but we should be hearing pretty soon, especially with Dowdy getting that contract. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what number we give Ryan Ellis because he is a, a top quality defenseman, but at the same time, we don't need to break the bank over him. So I don't know if he's going to do a hometown deal, which I think he will because I think he wants to stay with the Predators, especially with the core we have and especially with the other guys we have on offense as well. So uh, we'll see what happens in that contract discussions. But um, all in all, we, we've done very well so far keeping the team together. And I think that it'll be a really good season for the Predators once again. They are number one when it comes to the power rankings once again um, based on what's happened in free agency so far. So hopefully the National Predators stay on top of their game. Hopefully that team stays together. And hopefully Ryan Ellis gets signed in the um, – upcoming future so it'll be very very nice to see him continue to be with the national predators now let's move on to some nba news starting off with dwight howard or a former orlando magic player he uh gets bought out once again for the third straight year well not third straight year he was traded for the third straight uh time in his career third straight year yes he was traded from atlanta to i'm not atlanta i'm sorry he was with charlotte Charlotte to the Brooklyn Nets, and then the Nets bought him out of his contract, and then he signed with the Washington Wizards. So, <laughs> Dwight Howard, just ever since he left the Magic, just keeps trying around with all these teams, and uh, Dwight Howard, I, I don't know what he's going to do. You know, he, I, I hope he fits well with the Wizards. I, they have a, a need there, so especially now that they've got rid of Marcin Gortat. So, we'll see how he does with the Wizards. The Wizards have been a good team, so they'll be a playoff team. Charlotte, they were not a playoff team this year. No. So we'll see how it goes. But not everyone's talking about Dwight Howard. Right now, everyone's talking about San Antonio and Kawhi Leonard situation. Now, what, do you blame them? I mean, like, that's the biggest free agency news we have in the NBA when it comes to great players still available. I mean, Kawhi Leonard's not available per se, but he is wanting to get traded out of San Antonio and um, it looks like he will. It just It's a matter of when. It's not a matter of if. But where do you think he could end up um, if he does get traded somewhere? I think the Spurs, as much as they say they want to try to work out something with Kawhi Leonard, I think he will get moved. If I'm the Spurs, please don't, don't trade him to the Lakers. That's not smart. 
Trade him to an Eastern team. To me, the team that makes the most sense is two teams. It's either the Philadelphia 76ers or the Boston Celtics. Those are the two teams that make sense because Boston's got draft picks. They got players like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, uh, the players that they can move. Of course, Kyrie Irving's on a one-year contract. So you could do a straight swap. Trade, hey, Kyrie, we'll take Kyrie. We'll give you Kawhi Leonard. Both on one-year deals. They get paid similar money. Makes sense. For the Sixers, they got players like, well, we, I don't think Joel Embiid and Ben, ben Simmons are moving. But, no, not at all. But nope. they got players like J.J. Reddick. They got uh, other players on the, the bench that they can, that young players that can help Spurs because we're getting old. Okay, Tony Parker just left us last week. After his 17-year career, he's decided he's going to go to the Charlotte Hornets. And I think Tony Parker just realized, you know, I've been giving up my money for quite some time. I've had all this drama with Kawhi Leonard lately. Maybe it's time for a, a fresh start somewhere else. So he decided to go. So we're kind of short on a, a guard position right now. So I think that would help a lot because we only got Manu Ginobili, and Manu Ginobili's you know forty going on forty one. So the Spurs we're getting older, so we're trying to get younger. And I think the Spurs, if they were smart, they would do that. And I think. For Kawhi, who knows? Maybe he might like it in Philadelphia. They're they're winning. They're a hot team right now. They, they were short, just short of making the finals. Okay, uh, the Boston Celtics, same thing. The Celtics, they they are a team that's going to be a force to be reckoned with. So if he goes there, he might like the winning team, and then he might stay. Similar what happened with Paul George. The Lakers think, oh, because we're the Lakers, we can get whoever we want. It doesn't work that way. Okay, remember last year, Dylan? They try to get Paul George. Paul George. He got traded from the Pacers to the Thunder. So everyone was saying, oh, he's going to be the Thunder for a year, and then he's going to sign with the Lakers. And then look what happened. It didn't happen. He decided to stay with the Thunder for another year because they, they were winning. I know they got beat the first round, but they got good core players that they're going to be competitive. So look at the Rockets, though. They've lost Mbute, and they lost uh, Ariza. They're trying to get Capella. So a lot of teams have been affected with all the shuffling in the NBA right now. So we'll see. But on the Spurs, that's what I think is most likely to happen. Either he's going to probably sell another year. That's not smart, but that's probably what he's going to do again. Or we trade him to an Eastern team. That's, to me, the most likely scenario. Unless the Lakers, because look, we don't want Lonzo Ball. We don't want him. We want Kuzma. That's the guy we want. Brandon Ingram, I'll take him too. The Lakers, give me those two guys and a draft pick from another team. We got a deal. But that's the only deal I'm taking. The team I want Kawhi Leonard to go to, since he's just being a baby at this point. He is. He's a child right now in the NBA. I think Kawhi Leonard needs to get traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And hear me out. This has pretty much been the worst relationship the San Antonio Spurs have ever had with one of their players. Would you not agree? This is probably a, this is a really bad situation for San Antonio for publicity, for their head coach, for the team in general, for the locker room. It's just really, really bad publicity. And so to give Kawhi, teach him a lesson. So send him over to Cleveland. Make him sit in that world of mediocrity with Kevin Love and whoever else they have on the team of nobodies. And let him sit out of the playoffs for a few years. I think that would be just fantastic to see. It's just... It's poetic justice for the San Antonio Spurs to trade him over to Cleveland. Cleveland has money. They have picks. They can give 
San Antonio whatever they want at this point because they have nobody on their team. So talk to Cleveland. Except J.R. Smith. Except for J.R. Smith. You don't want J.R. Smith, though. Trust me. You don't want him. Um, he's still confused about what happened in game one of the NBA Finals. So you have to get him out of there, out of San Antonio. Just get it out because it's at this point it is a publicity nightmare. And trade him to a team that's not going to touch the playoffs at all. And just teach him a lesson. So Kawhi to Cleveland, I think, is probably the, one of the smartest decisions you can make. So let's talk about the NBA draft. And the only thing I can say about the Orlando Magic is, give me the Bamba. <laughs> yeah, Mo Bamba, that was uh, the big draft pick that we got. A uh, big deal for the Orlando Magic, Mohamed Bamba, uh, getting in there. And he's been doing well in the summer league so far for the Orlando Magic. Uh, Jonathan Isaac, of course, doing there as well. And, you know, the Magic, Dylan, I know that it's been a rough year for the Magic, rough few years, I should say. But, you know, it's at least for once, maybe I'm optimistic. Maybe I might actually get a chance uh, to, to go to a game just to see how they do this year. Um, the, but the Magic, you know, they're off to a good start. We still have Aaron Gordon there, and the Magic, you know, are just trying to keep things quiet. There is talk, though, the Magic are trying to get Isaiah Thomas... Uh, Good I luck with that. I don't know how I feel about that. Good but, luck with that. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with uh, the Magic in the offseason. But pretty exciting things to be excited about. Now, Dylan, we got to <laughs> talk about the big news that happened while we were off last month. Of course. LeBron James. Decides to go to L.A. Braun. Which apparently he knew about a week before his decision. Oh, he knew. For sure he knew. And, I mean, his publicist knew. Um, Space Jam 2 knew. <laughs> Everybody knew that LeBron was going to L.A. Uh, I think we even telegraphed this last year. On this show, we probably did anyway, about him going to Los Angeles. So, it was bound to happen. The team that he was wanting to put together of Carmelo Anthony... He's not there yet. Paul George, he's not going to be there for three years. Chris Paul. Chris Paul, he's in Houston still. I mean, I think there are several pieces that didn't fall in LeBron's way, like the way he wanted it to. Um, but, yeah, LeBron's in L.A. He has Lonzo Ball. And, I mean, he's content right now. He actually showed up at a game for the Summer League yesterday in Vegas, um, watched his teammates play. So, he's already starting to rep the team. And, you know, at this point, I think it's a good move for him. I mean, he is he has one foot in Hollywood and one foot on the court. And so what better place to do that than Los Angeles? That's the place to be. Oh, of course, Dylan. And I wasn't surprised. I had a gut feeling he was going to go to the Lakers. And with Le LeBron James, you got to give Magic Johnson credit. He literally spent, like, waiting for him for an hour to get to the airport. So if you get LeBron James and wants to go to his house, or I think it was oh, LeBron's house, they talk for like three hours. And if anybody understands LeBron James, it's uh, Magic Johnson with the way he's, he played in the NBA. So you got to give him credit where he sold him on a four-year, because he only got, like, what, four-year, $154 million contract. So, you know, for him being at 33 to get that much money is amazing. And, you know, who knows the Lakers, I'm not going to guarantee they're going to go to the NBA Finals. I know LeBron James, every team he's been on lately, they've gone to the Finals. But the, he sold them on... Look, we're, the Lakers were a young team. We may not get All-Stars now, but we can get it down the road, like next year and the season after that. So 
LeBron bought in. He's committed. He's going to help the Lakers out. And for the Lakers, uh, I'm sorry you were playing really, really cheap tickets because that's not going to happen anymore at the Staples Center. But the Lakers are going to be dominant again. And that's good for the NBA, Dylan, because we the, the NBA needs the Lakers to be relevant because they haven't been the last five seasons. They missed the playoffs for five years now. Yeah, so I think LeBron will actually get them into the playoffs. Will they make it all the way to the final? You know what? The funny thing is we talked about this when uh, – well, we didn't talk about this, but I talked about this. When Cleveland got LeBron James back after Decision 2.0, because this was 3.0 that we just had. So after Decision 2.0, he went to Cleveland. He wrote that letter to Cleveland, the love letter to Cleveland, whatever, blah, 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 blah. I didn't think they were going to the finals. But every single season – LeBron James was with Cleveland. He went to the finals. So it's very hard for me to say, no, they're not going to make it to the finals at all because it's LeBron James we're talking about. And it's LA and it's Lonzo Ball. And they they have good pieces. Um, I think that it could still be a good team, but, you know, it's... uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I can't just say LeBron's not going to make it because... Well, they're I mean, in the same conference as the, the Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors, Dylan, they like getting rid of people left and right, man. They are making moves. They just brought uh, Boogie Cousins from the New Orleans Hornets. Or, I keep saying Hornets. Pelicans. So um, that's been crazy for the, uh, the Golden State Warriors. And everyone on social media is, oh, man... It's going to be the Warriors winning it all again. I mean, the only good news about LeBron James going to the Lakers is for now, we can guarantee that there will not be a Cleveland Cavaliers Golden State Warriors final next year. That's good. Now, speaking of that, who do you think from the Eastern Conference will take over that spot from the Cleveland Cavaliers? It's not going to be the Toronto Raptors. No. Sorry, Drake, but I don't see it happening. (laughs) Uh but that's good news for Toronto, though. You don't have to worry about getting swept by the Cavaliers either. So, But, no, I think the two teams in the East, it's obvious. It's Boston and Philadelphia. Those, to me, are the two teams that are going to make it out of the East next year to make a run against the Warriors or, or maybe the Lakers. We'll see. But it's nice to see someone different for a change. Yeah. At least for the East. As of right now, I would say Philadelphia is is the favorite to go to the final next year. Um, with Boston, with the injuries they had, Kyrie Irving. Um, they also had, uh, what's his name? The, Gordon Hayward. Yeah, Gordon Hayward. So I think with those two players coming back, they have a better shot at actually making it to the final. But with Philadelphia, the way they've been playing, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, um, the coaching staff there in Philadelphia, they're, they're playing very, very well. I think that they could go to the final. Um, it might be their year next year, but we'll see. We'll see what happens in the Eastern Conference because it's always a wild card there, especially now that Cleveland is sent into a uh, state of mediocrity even more so than they were before. So it'll be great to watch. Anyway, let's move on to Carmelo Anthony. He opted into his contract with OKC, and then now they're saying that the team wants to part ways with him. Yeah, it's a very weird situation in OKC right now with Carmelo. I mean, they he bought they the first problem was they gave him a player option, so it was a one year deal with a player option when they brought him over from the New York Knicks. So of course, Carmelo Anthony, if you're going to offer him what was it, twenty seven point one million dollars for another year, he's of course he's going to take that. It's Carmelo, man. He's all about the money. <laughs> Hello. So he opts into that contract. Now I think they, he, I think I think maybe the Thunder weren't thinking that Paul George was going to the 
re-sign with him. I think they were expecting him to leave. But once he opted up, which we knew because Russell Westbrook was throwing a party on 4th of July, and that's when he announced, oh, by the way, Paul George, he's coming back. So uh, now Paul George is back. Now the Thunder had to try to move Carmelo somewhere. And so far, there's been no takers because of that big 27.1 million dollar contract. So most likely what's going to happen, Dylan, is when the next month they don't find somebody, they're going to probably have to buy him out of his contract. Like pay him money to go out and then he'll re-sign with a team. Probably the Warriors. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully not. He, most likely he'll probably go to the Lakers or maybe he'll go to the Miami Heat or maybe my Houston because now they got some holes to fill with uh, uh, Riza and Mbate gone. So I think Houston will be a, a, a logical landing spot for Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, there you go. All right, let's move on to the NFL. Talking about Tom Brady, first of all. He teased on Instagram. There was a post about Tom Brady possibly retiring um, sometime soon. And it was an ESPN post. And he tweeted, uh, he commented on the post, actually, and said he's going to retire at 45, essentially. It was a cryptic message, but in it, it said 45. So people were thinking that, yes, that is the golden age for Tom Brady to retire at 45. And... That's it's just said and done, essentially, at this point, he thinks. So do you think that Tom Brady, playing the way he's playing right now, can actually make it to 45? Or do you think he's going to pull a Brett Favre and get injured and get knocked out with injury? I don't know, Dylan. Knowing it's Tom Brady, you know, he he's, he has to, like, basically break a leg, you know, for him to come out of, of a game. So, and you know, the Patriots... They are the team that, no matter what, how many injuries they have, they always seem to find a way to, to win games, even with Tom Brady out. Tom Brady, I think it's going to be interesting to see, Dylan, how he's going to play this year. I mean, he's, he's in his 40s now. He's going to be getting hit a lot. He definitely got hit a lot last season, especially in that Super Bowl game So against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. So it's going to be interesting to see how his body holds up, Dylan. I mean, he's in his 40s now. Brett Favre couldn't make it through his 40s. In his last season. So, it's going to be interesting, Dylan. See, I don't think the Patriots are going to regress. They'll be in the playoffs, either as the winner of the AFC East or a wild card team, at least. But, I just don't know, Dylan, if they're going to keep continuing, continuing, continuing to make the AFC Championship game and then the Super Bowl. Because remember, they, they've done it the last four or five years now. Like, four or five straight AFC Championship games. Crazy. Yeah, they're the LeBron James of the NFL, Tom Brady is. He just keeps going to the championship game, keeps going to the conference championship game, and then also the Super Bowl as well. You know, you look at it, there is not a quarterback in NFL history to make it to the age of 45 playing in the league. There's a reason for that. I think at a certain point, Tom Brady's body is going to break down. It's going to disintegrate (laughs) the way that he doesn't want it to. He he wants to beat Father Time, but at a certain point, Father Time is is very strict when it comes to these kind of things. I think that Tom Brady's days are numbered as the head as the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. I think if he wants to stay till forty five, sure you can, but I don't see him as a starter till forty five. I see him as a backup if he doesn't want to, you know, step down as a backup. In New England, which I think that Bill Belichick will probably push for that in the next few years, then 
I see him retiring early. I see him getting pushed to the side, and then another team might come by and pick him up. But um, a big question I have, though, do you think Tom Brady will remain a New England Patriot until 45? If he keeps performing the way he does, yes. If anything, he starts regressing, I would say no. But if it's a no, I don't see anybody picking him up, Dylan. I mean, I mean, the only team I can think of is a dome team, like maybe the Arizona Cardinals. You know, I know they got a quarterback uh, that's young and ready to go and wants to prove the world to all those teams that passed on him in the draft. But I think Tom Brady, that's the only logical solution. If he were not to play for the Patriots, it would have to be a dome team. But I think, Dylan, he's going to retire as a Patriot. I don't see... I can't see him like Brett Favre all his years with the Packers and then his last few years play with the Jets and the Vikings. I just don't see it happening. Well, Arizona is used to getting quarterbacks that are at the end of their prime, like Carson Palmer. Um, but you look well, you at got it, the Raiders too with John Gruden. Yeah, He's always yeah, quarterbacks. Exactly. So you know, with this situation, if Tom Brady did hit the free agency market, would it be a secondary uh, coming of Peyton Manning? In a sense, do you think that a team would be out there saying, you know what, this guy has won Super Bowls? We, I think we should sign him to our team. And also, do you think Tom Brady is confident in his abilities to actually be a quality quarterback for another team besides the Bill Belichick system? That, Dylan, I don't know because Tom Brady, he's always been perceived as a system guy, a Bill Belichick guy. So a lot of people think, oh, if he wasn't with the Patriots, he wouldn't even be in the league. So, that's a tough decision. With, with Peyton Manning, you knew with the way he played that he still had it, even though he missed that final year with the Colts where they were really bad, and you knew they were going to part ways. And John Elway, who was desperate to get a quarterback with the Denver Broncos, was willing to take that risk. And Peyton Manning, when he left, I think he was, what, 32, 33? Tom Brady's in his 40s. I don't see a team that's going to be willing, despite Tom Brady's successes of winning four or five Super Bowls that someone's going to take that chance to 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 make that risk. I mean, what, the, the Jaguars? The, 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 I mean, maybe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the situation with James Winston right now, which we'll talk about in a minute. But that's just, I just don't see it, Dylan. I really don't. I think if he becomes a free agent between the, at the end of this next season or the season after that, I think he's just going to hang him up and, and, and retire. And why not? He's going to be in the Hall of Fame anyways, and he's going to be the legend. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame, get a statue probably built him by Rob Kraft. So, you know, that's how it is. And in New England, they love him. Free Tom Brady. That's what they were saying up there all the time. And so. when he retires, he has Giselle waiting for him at home. Uh, anyway, let's move on <laughs> to the next topic. Alliance of American Football League announced their uh, final expansion team in San Antonio. Look at that. San Antonio is getting another, another professional team for the league to debut in February 2019. And Mike Riley will be the head coach. He was most recently the uh, coach over in Nebraska with the Cornhuskers from 2015 to 2017. So he actually had a pretty good record in college. Didn't really have a good record in the NFL, which, of course, a lot of college co- co- a lot, blah, blah, blah. a lot of college coaches don't really have really good records anyway. You look at like Nick Saban in the NFL. He didn't do very well. You see some other coaches like Steve that. Steve Spurrier, yep, Chip yep. Kelly. Exactly. Yep. So, But he was 112 and 99 in college. So, I mean, he had a pretty good record. Also, 6-2 and two record in the CFL playoffs. So, he's a good coach. Uh, what do you think about this hire? 
I think it's a good hire, Dylan, for the San Antonio franchise. And San Antonio is going to look into building its roster pretty soon. They're going to play in the Alamo Dome. And San Antonio is going to be excited. at least how the fans support the team. And it's kind of geographically balanced between the West teams and the South teams with Orlando, Memphis, Atlanta, Birmingham. So I think it's a good spot. One thing I did find out about the league, Dylan, is that they're going to next month do a, their scouting combine, and they're going to have some players uh, that they're going to look at. One thing that the league did announce, let me pull it up here real quick, is that they announced that the players, once the combine is complete, how they'll be allocated is going to be based on where they have played their their college ball. So they broke it down in like uh, three phases. So phase one is college selection. So it says here, players be allocated to the lines teams based on where they uh, competed in college. If a player's college is outside the alliance footprint, the selection process moves on to phase two. Phase two will be your professional selection, which it says here, players will be allocated to alliance teams based on their most recent CFL, Canadian Football League, or NFL, National Football League team. And then after that, it's phase three. Phase three is open selection, which is if a player's college is outside the alliance allocation footprint, and he did not play in the NFL or CFL, there he's unallocated and available to sign with any team. So I find that really interesting that they're going to make it like a kind of lottery thing where you, where, based on wherever you played, whether in college or the NFL, you kind of get allocated to that team. So it's not even a lottery. It's just more of, hey, you lived here. You're going to play for this team, and you you can't go to any other teams. It's weird, but I think they're doing it that way to kind of build local, like, general interest so for example here in Orlando since we have a team for college we got you know Florida Florida State Miami UCF USF Fort Atlantic FIU so on so on so I think that will be a very interesting decision um it's an interesting concept that I think it's not like like the NFL draft where you just get selected with the team and then boom so we'll have to see how it plays out Dylan but it's because we don't know how it's gonna fit it's a, it's a startup league so they're just trying to try new things so we'll see how it goes. So they're using it like a high school system, essentially. Yeah, but remember, Dylan, the league is starting at a different time. It's going to start in February and go until like May or April, May of the season. And remember, two years from now, because this thing, this league's thinking, thinking big picture, you're going to have to compete with not only the XFL in 2020, but you're also going to compete with the Arena Football League, assuming they're still around. So basically, when the NFL is done in two years, their season, you're going to have three football leagues to keep an eye on. Yeah. So each league is kind of running it differently. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, the Alamo Dome is a great location. That's where my college, I went to UTSA. That's where we play our, our college football games at the Alamo Dome. And it gets very loud there and very essential located right across from the skyline downtown San Antonio there. So nice. it's a great spot. Very good. Well, I can't wait for Orlando's team to start as well. Uh, we'll keep you posted on what happens in that league once it starts in 2019. But let's move on to Jameis Winston. He got uh, suspended from the, from the Bucks for violating the NFL personal conduct policy. And guess what he did? He groped an Uber driver in 2016. Allegedly. Alleged. Well, apparently it's yeah. happened because yes. he's coming out saying, <laughs> I apologize for the Uber driver, things of that nature. <clears throat> so the past few years, I've actually thought, you know what? Jameis is actually doing much better. Jameis is doing so good. Or so we thought. Or so we thought. But now he goes groping Uber drivers. I mean, 
I don't know when it's going to stop with this guy. Once you, once you get caught, like once, twice, don't you think, you know what? It's time for me to stop. It's time for me to live my life. It's time for me to enjoy the fruits of my labor with this money I'm receiving from the NFL, being a starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and just leave that life behind. I, I, I don't understand. Well, remember all this, the drama, what happened, what happened with, with the allegations at Florida State when he was there, and... I know he got, I think, dismissed or acquitted, something like that, where he didn't charge anything after everything that happened at Florida State. And, of course, they went on to win a, champion, a national championship before he goes to the NFL. But you would think after that experience, he would finally get it. You know, maybe I should not put myself in situations like that. And yet, he does things like you just said. And I heard the same thing, and I was like, really, Jameis? Really? Like, you think you would get the memo by now? And Tampa Bay, the Buccaneers, they're clearly not happy about this. No. Because there's been talk now that the Buccaneers, I don't think they're going to cut him at, like right before the season, but I've heard rumors where if he he really struggled last year. So if he's on a short lease this year and they really uh, are struggling and he still has this issue, hanging, cloud hanging over his head, they're going to cut him loose and just let him go. And the Buccaneers... We'll have to look for a new quarterback like maybe Tom Brady. So, you know, so <laughs> that'd be so, interesting. So, you know, the, the Buccaneers are going to have some tough decisions to make Dylan down the road. And it's a three game suspension, isn't it? It's a three game suspension. So the it's NFL, not too bad. It's, it's, it's not bad, but you know, the, the Buccaneers that, you know, they, they need in a very, very tough division. Cause you're in the NFC South. It's always top turvy one year. You're bad. Next year. You're good. You got the Falcons, you got the Saints, and Carolina. I know had a down year this year, but this past season, excuse me, but it's Cam Newton. So I expect he'll, he'll him to back. bounce back this year. Yeah, he'll year. bounce back. Um, interesting. So let's move on to Eli Manning's auction. He uh, auctioned off his Super Bowl forty-two helmet, actually. Um, so great for him. I don't know how much we got from that helmet, but. That's good. He's <laughs> providing it for charity, I guess. So there you go. Uh, let's move on to miscellaneous news. The former Coyotes coach Dave Tippett takes a job as a senior advisor for the Seattle Expansion Group for the NHL. So that's going to be very interesting to see what team goes there in Seattle um, and how that team becomes a team. <laughs> it's going to be Vegas all over again. Yep. In two years' time, you're, you're getting ready right now. So we'll see how it goes over there. In the uh, Emerald City. Uh, Mike Matheny is out for the manager for the St. Louis Cardinals. That was announced today. I don't know how I missed this. Probably from working last night and catching on the news late. But there's been speculation now that Mark McGuire and Joe Girardi as potential replacements for the St. Louis Cardinals manager gig. So, Dylan, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, That'd be huge. I mean, Mark McGuire, I'm actually surprised he's still involved with the league. With the steroid era and things of that nature, but good for him. I mean, that's that's great. Um, but yeah, Joe Girardi. I, I think that Joe Girardi would actually be a really, really good addition to that team because he was solid with the Yankees. I think that he can continue um, having the strong managerial skills with the St. Louis Cardinals and bring them back to um, a point where they're not just mediocre anymore. I think that it'd be good to see the St. Louis Cardinals once again. Um, a top contender. And so I think either guy, I think Mark McGuire or Joe, I think they could both do it. Um, it would just be kind of probably different on each side, but I mean, who knows? We'll see what happens in the next few days. And, um, 
yeah, we'll see who gets the job. So Oregon State won the College World Series title this season. So congratulations to those guys. Um, Djokovic actually won Wimbledon, and Serena Williams came up short in the final. Um, so I'm sure she was upset about that, but congratulations to Djokovic. Then we have P.K. Subban. Like I said before, he got on the cover of NHL 19. And last but not least, Vince McMahon expects to spend over $500 million on the XFL, which is supposed to debut in 2020. 2020. After the Alliance of American Football League. Yep. Well, I told you, they already got applications for their their teams. So they haven't picked them all yet. I know it's going to go eight teams starting off in 2020, but it'll be interesting to see. We'll, We'll see how it goes. I saw a post somewhere about the on Twitter about the Dwayne the Rock Johnson's and like his movie he's been in, and they were talking about all, all these movies being like Rampage, that was the most recent one, or Doom. Of course, I remember from the Scorpion King. Oh yeah, those are like one of my favorites. But like they were talking about what what one of those movie names would be like a great XFL team name. And I think the popular one was obviously I think it was the Scorpion King. So that'd be pretty cool. But uh, yeah, the XFL they gotta spend that money. To get themselves going, so I'll hope they spend it wisely. Yeah, so let's move on to winners and losers. JT, I will start with you first. All right, well, my winner this week is Kylian Mbappe, the uh, French player, striker, uh, sensation for the national team for France, helped them win the World Cup. He scored a goal in the final yesterday, becoming the youngest player to score a goal in the World Cup final history. So congrats to Kylian Mbappe. Uh, talking that he's going to move to Real Madrid, but Real Madrid said it's not happening. But I think Mbappe's going to get more money anyway. So we'll see what happens out with his future in PSG. My loser is going to be your boy, Dylan, Slatan Ibrahimovic. Oh, no. He lost his bet to David Beckham. So that means he will have to go to England at some point, wear an England jersey, and buy Sir David Beckham fish and chips. So he's my loser this week. That's a cheap dinner. My winner this week is going to be LeVar Ball because since LeBron James is going into the Los Angeles Lakers, Ball and the family has material for season three. That's incredible for him, so that's great. Um, And then the loser is Charles Barkley. He lost. He was in last place in the American Century Celebrity Golf Tournament where Tony Romo actually took home the, the trophy. And he actually hopped onto a plane right after that tournament and was heading to the amateur... Um, qualifiers. So looks like Tony Romo might be shooting for a golf career. So congratulations to him. Hopefully he goes far. Thanks for listening to the show this week, guys. You can follow us on Facebook at Out of Bounds with Dylan James on Twitter, OOB Podcast. You can also follow us on um, Instagram. My Instagram is Dylan, under, Dylan James underscore FL for Florida. And also on Twitter, it's Dylan underscore James. JT, what are your social media handles? You guys can follow me on Twitter. I'm at JTSocka88. That's at JTSOCKA88. You can follow me on Instagram at JTSocka Sports. And you can email me. It's JT at outofboundspodcast.com. You can also email me as well, Dylan at outofboundspodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening once again, guys. We are so happy to be back. And we will talk to you guys next week. 